Welcome, everybody, to the Tea with Miss McGill show. It is Puka. It is Reed Larson. Uh, recording here, got, you know, a somber tone. We're here to talk about the Adam Johnson tragedy. Uh, so we already have a pre-canned, we had a pre-canned interview already ready to go for posting next week. Um, but then, of course, this come up. So we we uh, felt we needed to address it and, and uh, talk a little bit about it. And so uh, when this episode ends, it won't even be an episode, but it'll go right into to the, the pre-canned interview with uh, our buddy Cristiano Versich. So, um, you know, Adam Johnson guy, both of us knew brother to Ryan, guy who I know even better, a nephew of Grand Rapids' own Gary DeGrio, who's a UMD guy, um, you know, played a little bit in the minor leagues, and son of uh, Davey Johnson, of course, who led the Bulldogs in scoring in 80-81 and um, coached for, gosh, I'm, it might have been close to 20 years, that, that uh, Bantam team in Hibbing. Uh, so, you know, hockey roots are deep. Um, and of course, you know, speaking of coaching, you're a guy that coached, coached against Adam. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that, that was a, a, a time when Hibbing was kind of going through some real high points. Uh, and again, Hibbing is right back on another high point, but uh, Hibbing had just, uh, I had just taken the coaching position in Virginia in 2011 and 2012. I was a new head coach there after, uh, Keith Hendrickson for a bunch of years and in 2011 before I got there Virginia gets beat in the section finals by Hibbing and Adam Johnson and he was the reason why they ended up beating uh Virginia five nothing in the section finals and then they find themselves down in the state tournament again Adam taking over the state yeah. tournament in 2011 yeah, in that, order to beat Hermantown. That game, that's what put him on the map. That literally. The, the whole state knew who he was. Yeah, literally took the game over. But, yeah, the next year I go in and, and take over at Virginia, and uh, the first time we had a chance to play against Adam, I realized, holy cow, we better do something the next time we play because he completely dominated the game. We got our butts kicked in the middle of January against Tibbing Chisholm. Uh, so we had to do some different things, and we get into February, and we play in the last game of the season, and that probably is a highlight of my coaching career, we found a way to win that game. And the only way we could do it was by trying to completely shadow Adam because he took the game over, took it over. Um, we were fortunate enough to squeak one out in that game and we got lucky. Uh, the point being is this, is that Adam Johnson controlled almost every high school hockey game that he was a part of. And, and aside from that, he graduated in 2013 from Hibbing. Um, you know, there's a lot, about Northern Minnesota in 2013, because Hockey Day in Minnesota was right here in Grand Rapids. Uh, and Hibbing Chisholm played Egan right on Pakegama Lake there in front of the golf course. And obviously it was a huge part of that game too. So of course his coach at the time and and um, uh, Mark Asenzo was a Grand Rapids graduate too. So a yeah. um, lot of connections to the Iron Range, a lot of connections to Hibbing. And and uh, I said, it's a player that is an icon in uh, was before this incident, but now is his legacy. It's going to be living on here. Yeah, first guy from uh, the Chisholm Hibbing program to make the NHL in a lot. Well, you stole who would have probably been the last one. Rapid stole was Kelly Fairchild, <laughs> Kelly Lake guy, who the Johnsons have sure. our Kelly Lakers. Yeah, um, but you know, I guess before that it was Sandlin, someone like that in that, that era, Micheletti or Micheletti even. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Maybe someone could throw it in the comments who the yeah. last person before Adam was playing the NHL uh, to come out of the program. Um, but, you know, I had the pleasure of sharing the ice with him. And and I mean, to this day, even the summer, there's nobody that could get to full speed faster than him. I mean, it yeah. was like three strides 
and Got full it. speed and a ton of speed, you yeah. know, but just right, you know, he could skate like the wind. And I heard his uncle Gary was real similar. Yeah. It's funny because it, I, I watched an interview of, of course, Sanilin, uh, you know, the, the next day after the, the incident and, and he's, he mentioned, you know, how special of a person he was and how special of a player he was. And, his skating was phenomenal. And he said, I don't know. He said, I, Davey will probably elbow me the next time he hears me. He sees me if he hears me say this, but he said, I don't think Adam got his skating from Davey Johnson. <laughs> I think side. he got it from the DeGrio side because Gary DeGrio was, was an assistant coach at Grand Rapids High School in the 90s when I was when I was playing. And he was the D guy, worked with our defenseman, but he he would jump on the goal line and race some of the fastest guys in his thirties, early, late thirties and early forties race guys from the goal line to the far blue line and, and beat most of the guys. Oh, he was that fast. So yeah, he probably did get his skating. Yeah, from yeah. The I, heard, I heard he could, uh, Gary could skate like the wind and, yeah. and uh, you know, Adam shirt. Sure of course, a connection to Gary's Gary's son is uh, one of the orthopedic doctors here at Granite Aska um, sure. is uh, takes care of all of our, our athletes when they've got issues here. Ah, okay. So that's Ari DeGrio. Awesome. All right. Um, so let's move on to the, I mean, I guess, you know, obviously a tragic accident. Have you, have you ever seen anything or been, you know, I mean, you played a lot of hockey, whether it was you or a teammate, or, I mean, I, I, I can't think of anything in my career that even came close, you know, to anything where um, even really a skate, even cutting any part of the body. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got stepped on once in seventh grade, but um, is, you know, because once you start thinking about it, I mean, everybody in the ice got these sharp, and as you get older, you got weight on them. Yeah. You know? Um, I remember the great Chad Bauckham saying one time playing men's league, someone said, You got your skate sharp, and I said, Skate sharp, and lately I'm 260 pounds. Why do I need my skate sharp? And they just sink into the ice. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, but you know, the point being, you know, we do have these sharp blades and everyone's got them. And I know Don Cherry for years was always he was always against the kids. He always was for neck guards, and he always said, kids, don't be doing those pile-ups after yeah. you win overtime or because he was worried about that. That's um, interesting. And I just yeah yeah i mean he was saying that in the 90s and just you know i think we all just kind of take it for granted but like i said i haven't seen anything even close to this i'm just wondering if you had yeah well it's i'll touch on what you just said my, my wife mentions this every time we watch a game or there's a celebration she she cringes when she sees these pileups because there's so you got 20 guys with skates on right, she's like right. someone's gonna get stepped on and i actually saw it happen um at the end of 2016 when grand rapids uh, wins, beats Duluth East in the championship at the Amsoil yeah. Arena, and Mitchell Madsen got snapped with a skate in the hand right there in, in the pileup. It was like, holy cow, you know, I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but it happened during the celebration. His hand got slit. Okay. So I've seen that before. Um, you know, I, I had a, a player that was a goaltender in Virginia, and it was a really scary scenario, but there was a player that went flying to the net in practice, like you ask kids to do, you want them to go to the net. Well, he loses an edge or, or trips and falls. What, whatever happened, I can't even remember, but the skate came up and caught the goalie on the side of the neck. And luckily it, it missed everything that could have, could have made it just as bad. You know, we were able to, to get them real quick. It wasn't a real deep cut. It was one where we can grab it, put pressure on it, call, I don't want to get them going. And he was back stitched up and ready to play in a week. But, okay. but th those scary situations happen and it's unfortunate because that's, a, that's an area that we can protect 
Um, and we should, uh, you stand here and say this and I never wore a neck guard. I, I don't want to say that out loud to so many kids. I never did, but if I'm going back out on the rink after a situation like this, you darn right. I'm going to be, I would be putting one on right now because I'd be terrified, especially if you, know, you got, uh, your whole life ahead of you, or if you got a family to protect and this and that. And I, I also had a situation too, when I was a Bantam, when I was playing Bantam hockey, um, I'm going towards the goalie to go to, to go to the net and going hard. And for whatever reason, the goalie ended up falling back and his foot comes up and it caught oh, yeah. me and it caught me in the side and cut me through my Jersey. I had, you know, 10 stitches on the side of my body and it, it wasn't even exposed skin it was through the Jersey. Yeah. So, I mean, you can see obviously these, these things can happen, but you know, you think about, uh, the NHL right now. There's guys that are choosing to do it and, uh, you know, go online, check out uh, Washington Capitals, check out TJ Oshie. He was one of the first guys to say, I, I'm doing this for my family and I'm doing it for my safety. And, and he's, he's starting to wear one. Yeah. I see a neck protector. Yeah. And I see the dub, the WHL, they're, they're mandatory. As a matter of fact, today, Friday, when we're recording, um, you know, there was another time actually I did get stepped in the hand. Uh -huh. See that? Get, yep. Brawl. Guess who started that one? You probably did. TJ Tom. <laughs> TJ Tom <laughs> started it. So anyway, so was I, on, I, I didn't forget. And then week. I remember the doctor saying, "Boy, you're lucky you didn't get attendant because mm -hmm. you'd be in trouble. You'd be in trouble." But yeah, uh, missed everything. Um, but yeah, WHL making it mandatory. So, um, are your thoughts, Minnesota State High School League? You think it will happen for this season? I I really can't I can't give a yes or a no. Um, I really don't know. I would say Minnesota hockey as far as youth hockey and because youth hockey kind of steers that with certain things in, in high school hockey, if, if youth hockey did it, I would think the high school organization would give it stronger consideration, but I don't think Minnesota youth hockey will make anything mandatory until USA hockey does it. Oh, uh, yeah. That's their mother organization yeah, yeah, yeah. they're kind of like the the daughter organization um i really don't know i i hope that it's looked at to be honest with you i know it's not going to be comfortable for those that are not used to wearing them but it but it's just like anything else you know you're not used to wearing it you start wearing it in practice you start wearing it at other parts you wear it outside um, there's different kinds, you know, you yeah, can wear the big thick ones that have plastic in them that are really protective and they're, you know, they're hard to move in, or you can wear these other ones that are, it's literally like an undershirt. That's like a mock turtleneck. Um, you know, find something that works best for you to protect yourself. But, you know, just like, just like TJ Oshie said the other day, when he made this tweet, he said, I'm, I'm doing this for me and the rest of my career and I'm doing it for my kids. Yeah. No, well, no, if we think about that. Well, when I was a kid, we had them there. I don't even remember those Coopers. They were only about yeah. this thick and they kind of went around. So, I mean, it could have got you, but I kind of liked it because, you know, it was cold in the arenas we played it, you know, and it was almost like a neck warmer. So do they have more full fledged? I mean, I know the ones with the shirts, they get the ones with the shirts that they have full-fledged yeah they do they've got a, a bunch of different kinds you know they've got some that go up that look like you you know you you hurt your neck in a car accident they got oh, yeah, some yeah. that okay. look that high they've got others that are a little lower they've got some that have thicker plastic on the inside some just has a thicker material uh that's you know got some other things in it that can help with you know cut resistant things like that but uh, you know it, it's going to be a personal preference of some sort for yeah. a little while if if they do make it mandatory i i can't say whether or not 
the state high school league will do it. Um, so no rumblings. Haven't yeah, I haven't heard that yet. Um, but but I could tell you that they probably are going to be looking at it and giving it a very serious conversation. Well, I, yeah, I can imagine. And then I did hear something along the lines of, you know, supply chain, same thing, you know, like all of a sudden, if all these leagues say yeah. now, well, they're not going to be, be available because uh, they, you know, they just. Well, they'll put pressure on Bauer and CCM and all, you know, all these other companies that make hockey equipment to start producing them quicker and quicker. You know, the companies that make them, like I said, Bauer, CCM, iTech, these different, these companies make them. Yeah. And, and, you know, you got the Warroad brand. That's what TJ wears. He's his brand. Yeah. So I'm not wearing that. anything with Warroad on it. <laughs> that much. Tell you that much for sure. Um, all right. So circling back to Adam, anything else on, on Adam before we close? No, just that, you know, there's a connection to, to just about anybody on the range. I, I know you have your connection uh, with, with older brother, Ryan and family. And I have my connection through, through friends of mine, uh, knowing the DeGrios and, and being coached by the DeGrios. And there's, there's a connection, whether it's a long distance connection or it's a real close personal connection and it hits everybody close to home. So if, if there's things that people are struggling with, if they're hurting in this situation, you reach out and do that if you need it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know, like you said, everyone in Minnesota, you Adam Johnson's name in, in 2011 after that state tournament. Now, unfortunately, yep. everyone with Adam Johnson's name for a whole different reason. It's it's just a terrible tragedy. Um, so just a couple of things here. There, you know, the the family is starting a foundation in his name to support Chisholm Heaven Youth Hockey. If we can find a link or something, we will put it in here. Otherwise, I'm sure you can do a quick uh search on social media or something and and uh find that if you'd like to donate. Uh, service info Monday, November 6th at the Memorial Building in Hibbing, 130 to 330 visitation, 330 to 530 service. And there'll be uh, some food and fellowship over at the Hibbing Armory uh, afterwards. And, you know, feel free to, to share your story, whether you want to type something or even record a video, put it in the comments. And, you know, it might not be now, it might not be time, you might not be ready because um, he was quirky, funny, witty. Um, so, you know, um, it was fun to spend some time with. So if you've got some funny Adam stories, um, like I said, even if it's a year from now, you're coming across our, our show for the first time, feel free to share that story in the comments. Um, you know, so we can kind of remember Adam, um, forever through the comments on the, on this video. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's all I've, I've got. So, uh, rest in peace, Johnsy. We're going to miss you and we'll catch you on the next video. Welcome everybody to the Tea with Miss McGill show presented by Fortune Bay Resort and Casino. It is Puka speaking. It is the star of the show, Reed Larson, looking very dapper with his ODR hat. Uh, welcome to episode 67. I've got a very special guest here, as you can see, but thanks for growing or joining, excuse me, the, the I'm calling it the fastest growing uh, podcast in uh, uh, the good old US of A. I like it. So we're almost on the various platforms, almost to 600 subscribers. So uh, we'd appreciate if, you know, you took a second, just hit subscribe. Obviously the hockey season's coming. So you're, you're not, not going to want to miss a second of the action anyway. So uh, if you could subscribe, we'd really appreciate that. Um, before we get going here. Well, first off, how you doing? Well, it's been a, it's been <laughs> a fun summer slash fall. Uh, we're getting into the mix of, uh, you know, my other side job that yeah. I do with, with teaching and coaching hockey. I've, we're at the uh, playoffs area of uh, the football season here too. So it's fun. Yeah. That's what Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. So, well, awesome. All right. Um, 
Aspire Heating Control, we've talked about them before, your local Bryant dealer and the official heating and cooling company of your Minnesota Wilds, specializing in gas, electronic, and gas, electric, and hydronic heating and cooling systems for existing and new construction, residential and commercial installations available, forced air systems, boilers, heat pumps, mini splits, everything you got covered, winter is coming, get that furnace tuned, tuned up, uh, give Justin a call, 999-5957. 218-999-5957, of course, licensed and bonded, all that stuff. So um, Aspire Heating and Controls, who you turn to. All right, so very special guest joining us from, I think it's upstate New York, isn't it? Yeah, yep, way up north, kind of near Ottawa border, Canadian border. Wow, okay, so all the way from upstate New York, Cristiano Versich, um, a fantastic hockey player in his own right, so we're going to kind of hash it down with him and and I get to know him a little bit better. So, um, you know, our, our first question all the time, you know, just uh, what got you in the game? How'd you get started? Yeah. Um, so first of all, thanks for having me. Um, so I would say, obviously, for those who know the Versage name, um, up in Hibbing, like it's a huge hockey uh, name, huge hockey family. Um, you know, my grandpa, Edward P.G. Versich, um, you know, I would say started it, uh, instilled that love for the game in his um, five kids, my aunts and uncles, and then my mom. Um, and then, you know, my mom, I would say, ultimately instilled it in me, whether I wanted to or not. Um, <laughs> there was no really choice there, like I was going to be a, a hockey player. So um, I would say just it runs in the family. Um, obviously you guys know, uh, my cousins like Ryan, Michael, Tony, Casey all played, um, you know, grew up watching them, um, play high school hockey. And, um, you know, like I said, I've always, it's run in the family and, um, I've loved it ever since I can remember, um, you know, from what I heard, it was, there was a lot of tears at the beginning, but, um, for what I've been able to accomplish and, and get to, I would say like, it's uh, all been worth it. So, yeah. So did you, I was talking to somebody about you today. Did you play some youth hockey in Wisconsin? So sort of, um, I played youth hockey at Highland Central. And then I would say somewhere around seventh or eighth grade, I played for the Wisconsin Fire, which is like a more triple A type team. So I guess I guess you could say youth hockey, but um, I played I think one year for them. Um, it had like a lot of really good Minnesota, Wisconsin. Um, I would say that'd be middle school aged players. Um, like Tommy Novak was on there. Um, and then a lot of guys who ended up going to St. Thomas with me and then playing college hockey as well. Um, so I played one year there. Yeah. From what I can remember. Um, and that, yeah, before I went to St. Thomas. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It just it sounds like, uh, you know, kind of getting into the, uh, the Versich name. It's like you said, it, it's interesting that you say that it was mom that got you into it. Cause Lots of times we hear it was grandpa, it was dad, uh, mom yeah. instilled it in uh, from that side. Talk about the influence that that you had there from mom. That's kind of interesting. 
Yeah, I mean, I can't say enough good things about my mom, you know, hockey-wise or not hockey-wise. Um, you know, she is my everything for sure and vice versa. Um, you know, she's helped me become, you know, I'd like to think a good person today, um, you know, all hockey-related things aside. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know where she got the love of the game, probably from, um, you know, her brother, my uncle, Eddie, um, and then my grandpa, like I mentioned, but she is a diehard hockey fan. Um, you know, anyone who's ever watched one of my games um, with her knows she is crazy. Um, <laughs> screaming, screaming, yelling, grabbing anyone around her. Um, you know, just just crazy fan. Um, but again, it just comes from like that love for me and that love for the game. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know why it was a non-negotiable, but from what I remember, she was the one who taught me how to skate. Um, she was the one who brought me to the rink every single day, stayed there, watched, um, countless hours at the rink, away from the rink, um, practicing in the garage, you know, stuff like that. It was always her, um, you know, so I owe her everything for, you know, getting to where I got in the game and. Um, you know, like I said, I can't say enough good things about her. She is probably the most influential, like I said, and deserves probably almost all the credit um, for where I got. Obviously, there's other people, too, but she's at the top of the list for sure. That's pretty cool from one mama's boy to the other. Right? <laughs> I can't say that yeah. my mom was the reason why I played. It was it was probably my mom's dad, grandpa. Yeah. I, I yeah. just, you know, I, I feel you with the mama's boy. It's uh, yeah, I'll gladly uh, accept that title. I am one for sure. Still, <laughs> well, that she wrote a book on how to be a hockey mom, right? Yeah, yep, she did write a book. Um, I don't know exactly. I haven't read it in full, which is bad. I should, um, but I've heard really good things about it. I know she spent a lot of time on it. Um, you know, and all of it is genuine. None of it is like, I heard this there, I saw that, you know, it's her living it um, as she did from when I first started playing, which was three, four, to all the way up to when I stopped playing or when the book was written, which I think it was sometime when I was in college. So, you know, it's real world, real life experience, um, you know, through her eyes, um, which, you know, I think can be helpful to moms and dads, hockey dads, you know, for informational, you know, what kind of situations you might deal with, how to handle them. Um, you know, I know it's still for sale. So anyone who wants it, please get it. But yeah, she wrote a book and, you know, I'm What's sure. She yeah, it. give her a plug. What's it called? Yeah, I, I'd, I, I'd have to check. Um, you know, I can probably try to get it quickly in the middle of the show. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's um it's for it's from her experience through her lens um you know there isn't any like i said i heard it here heard it there but um i've heard good stuff about it i just i'm a busy guy so i haven't been able to read it but i'm not much yeah. of a reader either but <laughs> not either things that are i uh, like things like that like if it's <laughs> something that's relevant to what my passions are like for real i'd pick a book up like that and read it front to back if it's about yeah, 
analysts or hockey coaches or players. It's like someone's bragging about that one. It's one I'd actually read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, good stuff here. Smash the like button real quick here. We want to give you a quick word from our friends over at the Ring Sports Bar and Grill just down from the Hockey Hall of Fame. Would you say a good chip? Yeah, I would say it's about a sandwich yeah, from the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, breakfast, lunch, dinner, full bar, full menu, Friday fish fries all year round. And, of course, daily specials, hockey-themed. If you've ever been in there, it's a really cool place. Uh, give Michelle a call, 248-8582. She'll take good care of you. Uh, you can log in to ringsportsbarandgrill.com and put your order in there. And, of course, like I said, uh, they've got the breakout rooms. If you have any kind of functions you're you're trying to do over in the Quad Cities area, that's the place to go. So thanks again to our friends over at the Ring Sports Bar and Grill in Evelyn. Probably the coolest part about that place is when you go in and you see the little stalls and all the jerseys above yeah, all the stalls. I, know, I the, love the, the locker stalls. Yeah, yeah. yeah the exactly. rink is awesome. <laughs> all right. So like I said, you became a St. Thomas cadet. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Walk us through it. Did you have, you probably know that quote that. The guy at the state tournament never wore a suit. He just wore like that kind of tight shirt. He had nice arms, good looking guy. Is that was that your coach? You probably know who that is. Vanelli. There. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, no, I played for the Vanellis, both of them. Uh the brothers, Greg and Tom. Um, they were awesome. Um, but yeah, no, like kind of going back to the beginning. Um, you know, when I was looking at high schools, we want my mom wanted me to go private, so that was pretty easy to narrow down I guess um you know and then within our area which was St. Paul Highland Park um you had Hill Murray Creighton Durham Hall and St. Thomas Academy um I visited all three uh, I liked all three um we had a family friend who really highly vouched for St. Thomas Academy um Jim Kilberg is his name he is kind of the equipment manager slash the guy who kind of makes everything go. Um, doesn't get a lot of credit, but shout out to Jim. I love him. Um, he was probably a huge part in the decision, but, um, you know, and then obviously that was kind of where I leaned St. Thomas, just because the education, the beautiful school location, uh, I was really close to our house back then, just right across Mendota Bridge. Um, so yeah, I made that decision there. Uh, I loved every minute of being there. It definitely, like I said, it's cliche, but kind of made me who I am. You know, you don't get away with things that maybe you get away with at other schools at St. Thomas. Um, well, that, was, that was the irony. You guys had to wear uniforms. Here comes your coach. He's just got like a long sleeve shirt on, yeah. no hanging out on the bench. It's just like, yeah, irony. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was really strict um certain haircut tight on the sides uh military classes marching you know just discipline uh at the moment in the in the moment I didn't really realize why like we would do certain things and I thought it was kind of dumb but now I understand um being older now that there was a purpose for it and it just teaches you good habits discipline um you know and just ultimately they kind of taught you how to be a man and a gentleman, um, you know, and a good person. So, you know, I can't speak enough about the off ice stuff um, at St. Thomas, which made it an easy decision when I went to visit there. Um, but obviously the, the, the hockey program is historic, um, legendary um, in a way, um, you know, for how good and how much success they've had. 
so that was a huge part in it um but yeah when i got there i i was treated um super well and i loved every minute of it like i said the vanellis are awesome you know they're tough especially tom um he expects a lot out of the guys and he's really hard on the guys or he was he's not coaching anymore but um you know there was yelling and stuff but at the end of the day i think it was good to experience that in high school because when you get out of high school that's extremely normal to be um playing for really tough coaches um who expect a lot and don't give you really any leash so um it was good to experience that early because when then i got to junior and coaches were quite frankly you know I don't know if you can swear on this, but assholes at times, um, you know, I had already experienced a little bit of that from Tom. So it was like nothing. But like I said, speak, I, I have nothing but the best to say about everyone at St. Thomas um, from top to bottom. It was an amazing experience and um, I, I miss it a lot. But yeah, all good stuff. So state tournaments, I know you're in at least one. How many How many were you in and, and did you get any titles? Yeah, I played in the uh, the single A one my sophomore year. Um, we won that one. That was pretty crazy. We won the Class A state championship. Uh, we played Hermantown. Crazy game back and forth. What you, so what year was that? 13, 14, 13? 13. Should have been 13. Uh, Tommy Novak scored like a crazy goal with a couple seconds left. Tebowed, um all the way across center ice. I don't know if you guys remember that, but um, it was crazy. And then my junior year, yeah, yeah. My junior year, we didn't make it. We probably should have. It was probably the best team we had maybe close to the sophomore year team because Tommy was still there. Um, he left my senior year, but Tommy was there and we just ran into a tough Egan team and ended up losing in the section final, which was tough. But then my senior year, we had a really, really good team as well. Uh, pretty much walked through the section um, tournament and got to the state tournament. But then we were up. This is a tough story to tell, but we were up like, four five one i want to say on duluth east uh in the quarterfinal and then they came back and beat us in overtime i think it was six five so that is probably one of my biggest hockey regrets um letting that one slip away because i think we probably would have maybe won the championship or got to it was that um, the year they went on the run where they came in like the eighth seed or whatever and kind of went on that uh, run I think they beat us, and then they – I want to say they beat Edina as well and then lost to Lakeville North. That was the 31-0 and team or whatever. So that would have been tough to beat them, but we probably could have got to the championship. And if we did, you know, anything could have happened. So a little bit of a regret there, but, um, you know, really good experience. It's It was the coolest experience ever playing in the state tournament. Um, it would be interesting to see, uh, yeah. to see the um... – the change and now the the coach that ended up running that Duluth East team and, and taking you guys down is now the coach of St. Thomas. Academy. It's pretty interesting how it, it, things just, they, they flip and change and, and it, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does with the program there on that. And yeah. Uh, I mean, that realm. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. Um, I don't know if you guys know him well or not, but 
Mike yeah. is unbelievable guy. Um, I actually didn't know him too well until I went to St. Thomas University because we shared the rink with them locker room right across the hall. So I got to know him really well that year and he's awesome. You know, I, I think the program is in great hands with him. I mean, sure. quite frankly, he's probably one of the best high school hockey coaches ever um, question. Yeah. for me. Um, so yeah, it is weird though, because you wouldn't think that like a Northern Minnesota coach would like go to like St. Thomas, you know, like that's like un you know, unheard of territory, but, um, I'm glad he's there. And, you know, I think, like I said, they're in good hands with him for sure. Yeah. Mike has been, uh, I've known Mike for years and, uh, you know, a lot of going, going back to, to my days of playing high school hockey, I graduated from Grand Rapids. So it was always Grand Rapids playing against Duluth East in the section finals when I was playing and losing to those guys during my years, you know, I didn't get a chance to play in the state tournament because we had to go against those top end Dave Spihars and Chris Lockers that, that he coached in the, the teams he coached. And those were kind of, I'm not going to say it's the very beginning of his career, but it was closer to the beginning of his career. And, and uh, he was on the climb at that point in his career. So from that point on, there was always respect for him and, and then getting into coaching myself and watching just the way he's been able to run organization at Duluth East and build you know, championship teams and a championship culture and then watching him shift and move on and continue. Yeah. There's a lot of respect there. He definitely is one of the best coaches in the history of Minnesota State High School hockey, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's just like, that's just a prime example that, you know, it doesn't always matter, like necessarily who has the better players, because with all due respect to Duluth East, we had a way better team than them. And I promise you their guys would say the same thing. But when you have the buy-in and you have the coaching difference, um, you know, it shows that coaching can make a big difference strategy. Um, you know, I ultimately think he was the difference there that day, not necessarily the guys on the ice. Um, you know, like, and that just shows you how good of a coach he is, like you said. No question about it. There's you watch him do things with his teams that I, I couldn't believe that he was able to get the buy-in that you're talking about. Like you, you're running a system that, Kids really most most times don't like to play that system because it's not fun. It's not sexy to run that kind of system, but it wins games. And he just it's like you talk about it every time I watch his teams play. He's setting yeah. up the Christmas tree. Yeah, he's setting the, the, middle of the trap and, yeah. and they're trapping. And these kids are disciplined as all. And you talk about the discipline. He's not going to be a problem with that at St. Thomas Academy. The discipline is going to be there already. But it's like this yeah. is mold and. And how he does things, the way he gets guys to play is—I can't think of a coach that's that right now that's been around that long that can do that stuff. Mm -hmm. Old school guy, yeah. So you talked about, of course, Mike, Northern Minnesota. So you used to spend some time summers and such in Northern Minnesota. I, you know, uh, Coach Hanno, your cousin, he said, you know, we used to call him Dennis when he was a little kid. He was like Dennis, <laughs> Dennis always running around. What do you remember about your summers and, and spending time at the lake and such up north? <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, to be quite honest with you, I never really liked Hibbing. So I'll just touch on this and then I'll go back. I never liked Hibbing when I was younger. I never liked it. I hated it. You can ask anyone. I hated going there. I always said it's super boring, you know, blah, 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 blah. Now at my age, I love Hibbing. Like I love it. I love it. I love it. I had the hardest time leaving, um, 
you know, to come take this job. Um, it's just, as I got older, I began to understand like the family part, the small town, the friendship, um, you know, the beauty of the area, you know, you're not sitting in traffic. There's no crazy people for the most part. Um, you know, so that's kind of, as I've grown, I began to appreciate Hibbing and what it, you know, represents. And for me, like family and things that are really important to me, but yeah. So going back, like I said, I never liked going there, but, um, yeah, I did enjoy like the holidays and being with my family and stuff, but overall I was always bored there. Um, so maybe that's why I got the nickname because I was up to no good trying to create <laughs> kind of what he said. <laughs> yeah. He, I, they, they still sometimes call me that by the way. Um, it's like Dennis, the menace, like after that, um, like movie character, I've never seen it, but, um, from what I heard, like my mom will say the same thing. Um, I was kind of a mischievous, uh, misbehaving kid. Um, so I think I remember one time Ryan was down like visiting or I don't know where it was, if it was in Hibbing or, um, in the cities, but like me and Ryan were playing, um, like floor hockey or something. And you can ask him about this. Like he remembers it and I don't know what happened, but he pissed me off so much. And I took the stick and I whacked him over the head with it. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if that was when it happened born or what but he had to get stitches and i was just i was kind of a shithead kid to be honest like i remember i'd get in trouble at school for talking or whatever too much and um you know stuff like that so it's probably good i went to st thomas got nipped in the butt some of those bad habits but yeah no going back to your question i i i loved it for the most part other than i love it more now but i still appreciated it when i was younger um you know, like I, I've always been in the position where I don't get to see my family as much as they get to see each other because I never lived up there. Um, I was always down in the cities. So when I do get to see them, did get to see them, it meant a lot more to me, I think. Um, and then as I got older, I saw them even less because I was on the road in Chicago, Fargo for juniors. Then I was in Colorado. Then I was in Europe last year. So whenever I get to see them, it means a lot to me, um, you know, and it's just grown over the years more and more. So fond memories, you know, it's I miss my grandparents a lot, um, you know, but I had some great times with them. They're gone now, um, you know, but just to bring it into modern day, like just trying to continue their traditions and, you know, spend as much time with family as I can, obviously everyone kind of has their own little families now, but that's what makes it more special and, you know, good when we can all come together and um, I'll be back for Christmas and I'm really looking forward to seeing everyone. So. <laughs> all right. Really quick word from our friends over at Iron Range Apparel in the Thunderbird Mall in Virginia, exclusive store of the ODR line. Of course, we both got our ODR swag on right here. Um, I call it the gift buyers paradise. Um, like I said, uh, man, woman, um, adult, child, you can find anything. So if you're in the, you know, if you're looking for that perfect gift, run over to the Thunderbird Mall, check it out. They've got all kinds of gifts, knickknacks, Minnesota themed things. Of course, lots of hockey, the ODR lines got hats, caps, um, sweatshirts, jerseys, everything. So if you're looking for ODR swag, that's great. Uh, but like I said, they've got a lot more than just that. So check out 
Iron Ranger Apparel at the Thunderbird Mall in Virginia. All right, so we talked about high school, then you moved on, and uh, like you said, it looks like uh, three junior teams you played for in the USHL. Yeah, a little bit of a suitcase, uh, as they would say, but no, I got to Chicago, and um, I had a good year there. I liked it, but uh, I have family in Fargo, my dad's um, parents, so my grandparents lived there. So I wanted to get traded there. It was really nothing against Chicago. I just wanted to live with my grandparents and have that like easy, nice experience. So as for the trade there, Kerry Eads made it happen. Oh, Eads, uh, Eads was okay. Eads. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, I actually saw him uh, like a month ago at the Null Showcase. Um, but yeah, so went there. I loved it there too, but it kind of came down to the end of the season and I was looking for maybe a little bit something different because I was going to go to college the next year. Um, so I kind of wanted maybe a little bit more of an elevated role. Um, so I asked for another trade at the end of the year, got traded to Bloomington, Illinois. Um, that was fine too, just 15 games. I did fine there too. And um, yeah, no, I moved around quite a bit. Um, you know, I, looking back, I wish I probably would have told myself like grass isn't always greener. Um, even to this day, I wish I knew that um, with college, with um, juniors, with pro, with whatever. I kind of wish I would have stuck it out in one place because I think that's the way to do it. You know, like I said, the grass isn't always greener, but um, no juniors was good. Um, it, it's that's a really tough league. Um, you know, it's even better today. There's, pretty much every guy is a division one guy or a draft pick or both. Um, it's physical and really skilled, which is pretty uncommon for us junior leagues. Um, you know, it really prepared me for Colorado college. Like I, I said, when I got to Colorado college, I didn't feel like that was a step up. Um, so that should show you how high of that the USHL is because when I got to college, I felt like it was about the same speed, about the same quality of player. Um, you know, so like I said, that should just show you how tough that league is. That's just because you're in the thin air up there. You couldn't go full speed. You couldn't get a full breath. I, mean, I, call it out, you know? <laughs> I will tell you, I don't think I ever adjusted fully to that. Um, you know, some, you joke about it. I, I joke about it too, but I truly don't think I ever adjusted to the altitude in Colorado. Um, like it got better and I trained so hard. I trained there in the summers even to try to like help it. Um, and I think I ultimately like figured it out, but I never felt like I would feel at, you know, normal. There was always that different, that air is just so thin. You're like, and like, just, you don't get that full breath, like that Minnesota air breath, but. Well, that's, um, it's such a, it, it's such a advantage when oh, you go to school yeah. there and you play there oh, yeah. when the teams mm. come in for the weekend, like that, that legitimately has to be, and I'm sure it is, has to be a coaching strategy when you're preparing to go into Colorado College or you're preparing to go into Denver for the weekend. It, it's such an advantage for the home team when teams have to go out there. I, I went out there when I was in high school just for like a summer AAA team type of select situation. I was playing for a Minnesota team that went out to Vail. And I could not last more than 20 seconds in a shift. And I'm <laughs> gasping for air trying to figure yeah. out how to play in this and i'm going this is horrible i can't figure this out right now and yeah. it's amazing that you say that because i there's no way i could adjust in a matter of playing five games 
and I can, and I can see it. It, it probably takes years to yeah. adjust. Yeah. No, like I said, I truly never thought I, I felt like I fully adjusted to it. Um, you know, I, I from what I heard, it was hell coming there to play, especially on the first night. Um, you know, from what I heard, like dripping sweat, gear is soaked, can't breathe. Um, you know, and that ultimately gave us an advantage pretty much every first night um, against teams. From what I heard, second night was a little better, like not such a you know, glaring difference. Um, but yeah, like Scotty Prunovic told me, um, you know, it was horrible coming there. Um, yeah. I mean, you're sucking on oxygen on the bench yeah. in the locker room between periods, just trying to get caught up. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something about it. Like it's hot. Like our building was hot too. And just that on top of like the thin air and I don't know, it was tough, but it, like I said, and, and when you would go somewhere else, you would be like, holy crap like we were flying like did not get tired like when we'd go somewhere sea level like our energy and like our tank was like unlimited at least it felt like so that was a nice little thing as well yeah. we're gonna take a break here in about three minutes but some of the guys who play of course iron range podcasters so we've got you know some of the guys with iron range connections you know mitch madsen stay we'll even throw ryan sandlin in there since his dad's from you have any good stories of playing with those guys down in bloomington yeah, I mean, I actually, Ryan was like one of my best friends there. Um, like we were super close. Obviously, we kind of went our separate ways. So like it died out a little bit, but um, no specific stories. But I remember him and I got along really well. We both had like this dry kind of dumb sense of humor. Immature is probably the word. <laughs> but yeah, we were really good friends. Um, Mitch was awesome too. And Zach, they're quieter guys, um, or more mature, I guess you could say, um, <laughs> they're awesome too. Obviously all really good players. Um, you know, and it was awesome to, to be with all those guys. I wish I could play. I wish, wish I would have been able to play more with them, but it is what it is. And then current Minnesota wild, uh, uh Brandon doing, uh, as it would be nice, Gino, the other night here, uh, when you played yeah. Chicago, did you know him well? Yeah, he was actually my line mate. Um, you know, that kind of shows you maybe I went wrong somewhere, but I played with him and another kid named Tanner Lazinski, um, who's hopped up and down with the Flyers and then uh, Lehigh, the American League team. So, yeah, like I, like I said, maybe I must have went wrong somewhere, but those are my line mates for pretty much the entire year in Chicago. Uh, maybe that's why I had such a good year, but they were like my best friends. Dewey was like my best friend um one of them in chicago like we were really really close um lived near each other um you know just did everything together really me and him and tanner so um obviously uh, it's been crazy to see like where he's gotten um you know he's a stud and he's really you know fit well with the the, the wild organization so uh, i talked to him here and there i was trying to get out to a game um and see him but it didn't work out but yeah hopefully we can you know, connect soon, but great guy. Also really good guy. Awesome. All right. All right. Break time. Yeah. We'll, we'll take a break in here. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. All right. We're back. Once again, our special guest, Cristiano Versich. All right. So we kind of got the youth stuff taken care of. We got the uh, junior stuff taken care of. So on to Colorado college for four years. Um, what do you have to say about your experience out there besides the lack of oxygen? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, 
yeah, not nothing but good stuff. Um, when I was in, so I was in high school. I got recruited there. It was one of the first teams to recruit me. Um, guy by the name of R.J. Enga. He's now with St. Cloud State uh, mm-hmm. as an assistant. But I was at uh, Chicago Steel, like summer camp sort of thing. Um, and R.J. and I started talking. Incredible guy, still is to this day. Um, really connected with him. Um, you know, I went out there for a visit, I want to say the summer before my senior year of high school, and I just fell in love with it. Um, you know, I had never really been out West much, um, especially not like to the mountains. Um, and I fell in love with the mountains immediately, fell in love with the campus, fell in love with the school, fell in love with the rink, fell in love with the coaching staff. Um, you know, I did not even really care to see too many other places, um, after, after seeing it, I took the offer pretty quickly um, you know, financially, it was a no brainer with, you know, the amount that, that they offered and, um, you know, for how good the staff was to me, um, and how much I love the area, it was a no brainer. Um, you know, like I said, I can't say enough about it. Um, have some great memories and great friends from there for a lifetime. Um, you know, the hockey was incredible. Um, the conference there is extremely tough, but um, extremely rewarding um, playing in that. Um, you know, it, I loved it because I was able to come back to Minnesota for two weekends um, a year and also North Dakota as well. So I was able to still see family and play in front of family, which is, um, you know, really important to me. But yeah, nothing but good stuff to say. Mike Haviland was the head coach there. Um, you know, he's a really, really, really good coach and a really, really good guy. I loved it. Um, you know, I, like I said, I, I have nothing but good stuff to say about it. I, I thought I played pretty well when I was there. Obviously it gets tougher and tougher and, um, there's highs and lows with everything. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, I got a really good education. Um, you know, and like I said, I played some really good hockey and met some really good people and, um, you know, one day I would love to go back out there. Um, you know, I don't know under what scenario that would be. Coach, well, you're now. It's just a not natural progression, right? Yeah, it would be like the dream, um, you know, but I'm just trying to, you know, do what I can here and um, help Canton out. And I love it here as well, um, by the way, but. Yeah. So, you know, that would be a, maybe like you said, a natural progression, a dream really. Um, but yeah, so that's really all I got to say about it. Only good stuff. So who, who was your big rival there? Is it Denver or is it Air Force? It was definitely Denver. Um, we hate Denver. The, <laughs> Just the motto, I guess, is F-E-U. <laughs> um, that's the, the motto. And they actually say it. They're not uh, respectful like me. But yeah, that's like our motto. Uh, we hate Denver. Um, always have, always will. Always tough, 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 close games against them. Packed rink. Um, you know, if I will tell you one memory that I have at CC. Freshman year, we were playing Denver away. I think it was my first game against Denver. Um, we were, it was super tight back and forth. Um, one of the first games of the year, I think, in my college career. We go to overtime, 
we get a power play four on three. So it's three on three, obviously, you guys know, but then they got a penalty. So we got the extra guy. Scored the OT winner against Denver. Celebration, full ice, guys clear the bench. Like, easily one of my best memories ever um, from hockey. Um, unfortunately, not all the games ended like that. A lot of them, we got our ass kicked. Um, to be frankly, they were, to be frank, they're, they were tough. Um, you know, they're obviously a top five team pretty much every year, but every game was tough. Every game was fun. Um, you know, and, and ultimately helped me prepare for the next level. And, um, you know, Air Force two, uh, is also a big rival, but we didn't necessarily have as hard of a time with them. I guess I would say like respectfully, they're tough. They work so hard. Um, reminds me a lot of St. Thomas Academy. Um, but, you know, just on paper, we, we usually were able to take care of them. But still tight, still fun. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely Denver. We hate Denver. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Air Force has always kind of got just that little bit of a an Iron Range swing to them with, yeah. with Saratori, Coach Saratori yeah. being from yeah. – in slash taconite bovee where he's in that realm over there i don't know i, I don't want to say the wrong one because somebody yeah. listening to the podcast he's not from bovee <laughs> I, I don't know which one he's from but he's from the greenway yeah, he's the greenway boy so yeah. his, his blood's yeah. about, he's similar to my shirt yeah all right so then a cool thing about your college career so then you you move over and i think you ended up with some master's degrees you ended up at saint thomas university for their very mm -hmm. first year and if i'm right you were the very first captain and the leading first ever leading scorer of saint thomas university am i correct in all those almost not a captain i wish not a good enough leader but i did <laughs> score the first goal and you know i like you said i led the team in in stats that the first year but it wasn't really about that for me it was just it was such a good group of guys. And again, such a great coaching staff, you know, led by Rico Blasi and then Leon Hayward, who was with me at CC and then was moved to St. Thomas. So that's kind of a cool connection played with him in both spots, but yeah, it was, it was cool. It, it was just, we got treated super well there um, as well. And, you know, I had the opportunity to do some master's credits, like you said, which was, you know, a good experience. Obviously by that time I was, pretty schooled out to be honest with you but um you know it was a real full circle moment I guess um being back in the same rink that I played high school in um and like I said being right down the down the hallway from the locker room and um yeah it was awesome it was it was tough I mean like I, it was our first year and um you know a lot of nights we were outmatched on paper but we fought like hell and um, you know, like I said, it was a great group of guys and, um, you know, that team has just continue, continually trended in the right direction. Um, you know, they had a really good year last year and now they're really, really good in my opinion. I think there's nothing but good stuff coming for them. I, you know, in my opinion, they're going to be probably a top 10, top 20 team for years to come, you know, probably starting this year or next year, maybe, um, you know, Rico's really got that brotherhood culture thing he loves that um and it really works ultimately so yeah it was good it was um you know I wanted to play another year of college and um being able to come that close to home and be a part of that inaugural year and um have the success like we did and I did um you know it was just like I said a full circle really a blessing um it was awesome so 
So as Rico as intense as he looks, it's like you compare him to like Torts in the NHL. I mean, he looks like he's just dripping with intensity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's he's let me just preface by saying he's a really good coach um, and an even better guy. But, yeah, he expects a lot um, out of his players and he's not willing to tell you that. Um, and if you're not doing what he wants, like he's not um, shy to tell you in a loud um, tone, I guess we could say um, you get the idea. But. Yeah, he's he's a good coach. Like I said, really tough. Uh, like you said, really intimidating. Um, but at the end of the day, his track record and his um, success speaks for itself. Um, so whatever he's doing, it works. And I've seen how it works firsthand. You know, he gets guys to buy in, um, you know, and believe in something more than themselves, which is ultimately how you have success in a team sport. So, um, you know, he's doing the right thing there, like I said, and, you know, that team has a really, really bright future, in my opinion. All right. Really quick word here from our friends over at Fortune Bay Resort and Casino. Uh, make plans today to visit Fortune Bay Resort and Casino on beautiful Lake Vermilion. Fortune Bay has 172 rooms and a smoke-free resort with an indoor pool for full-service marina, RV park, world-class golf, uh, several dining options, bar, 24-7 gaming. Um, so go to fortunebay.com for more details and plan your trip up to Fortune Bay today. And go catch some walleyes. Fall fishing is good on Lake Vermilion. Well, so, if you're going to go there to golf, just take a couple of trips, <laughs> I don't know, say 20 well, yards. Yeah. To the left on any of the long fairways, <laughs> and you will find a bunch of my golf. Yeah, we'll take a trip this summer. We'll go we'll bring Cristiano with us. All right. Yeah. So then, kind of to wrap up your your playing career. So then you, uh, like I said, you mentioned it earlier. You, you head to Europe. You head to France of all places. Uh, you know, to continue your career and uh, score some goals. Yeah, I'd like to have scored more. How, but how did that come all about? Like, do you have an agent, or do you have a friend, or? Yeah. So I had an advisor. Um, you know, who worked really closely with teams in Europe. Um, you know, I had a few different options in the States and then a few different options in Europe. And, um, you know, I ultimately decided on France mostly because, one, I wanted to play in Europe due to the different playing style. Um, obviously, you guys know North American hockey, especially professional, is really tough, mean, gritty, checking obviously their skill as well. Um, but it's more built for like bigger physical players. That's not me. That never was me. That never will be me. Um, so having that opportunity to go overseas and play a more skilled um, speed, your um, the Olympic size rinks, um, it was really a no brainer. Um, in France, the league I played in was really, really good. Um, you know, I think, some of those leagues don't really get a lot of credit over in the States because it's pretty unknown, um, you know, the level. But some of the guys there were former pro guys in the States, NHL players, incredibly skilled. Um, I was shocked how skilled these players were, how fast. Um, and I loved every minute of it because it was everything that I was good at, but not so physical. Um, also the big sheet of ice, which I played, um, in, in Colorado college. Um, so I knew I loved that. Um, having that extra space is huge for forwards, smaller forwards like me. And it's hard on D men. Um, like I can just tell you that right now, but so it was a no brainer and, 
yeah, I, I loved it there. You know, it was, it was demanding. Um, like the first month I was there, we basically had like a training camp where we would skate like twice a day and work out like once or twice a day, which was brutal on my hip. Or what? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it felt like it, but guys don't, what I came to understand was guys didn't really work out or skate in the summer. They would come to training camp, like pretty much dry, raw, having not skated. And then that month was where they got in shape. I had been skating all summer, like to prepare. Um, and I probably didn't need to do that because then I got bagged for a month when I got there. Um, but that's kind of how they do it there. But yeah, it was good. It was, like I said, really high end, treated well there. Uh, hockey was great. We had a great fan base, great building. Um, we were just 30 minutes outside Paris. So I got to go and see that quite a bit, kind of experience France. I don't love Europe. Like I was happy to come home. Just it's a lot different. Um, if you guys have been there, it's just way different culture, obviously. And I really like, like I said, family, you know, American football, you know, stuff like that. I missed out on all that because of the time change, you know, like the game we're watching right now, or I'm have on in the background Thursday night football, it's three, 4 AM there. I, I missed all of it. Um, so that was a big thing for me kind of grew distant from some family and stuff because it's so far in that time change, um, you know, which made it ultimately kind of why I decided to come back and look into different options. But Overall, I loved it. I would not trade it in for anything. Um, you know, it's one of those things where you had to do it and see it and experience it. And, you know, it probably wasn't really for me. Like I'm a family kind of even a small town guy. I hate to say now, um, <laughs> but I kind of have become that. So, you know, like I said, ultimately, I wanted to come home. But um, hockey was great. People were great. Um, you know, for the most part, French people were nice, but there also were like some snobs, but, um, there is everywhere. So, um, but Did yeah, you find I, a favorite wine? I'm not a big wine guy, actually. It's funny you say that because, uh, the, the head coach here at Canton and our, uh, assistant, our other assistant, like love wine. Like, let's just say they drink a lot of wine. I'm not going to say anything specific, but, and they're like, yeah how much wine did you drink there like you gotta like be into wine right I'm like no like I don't drink wine I didn't drink much there like I was so focused on playing like I wish maybe I would have experienced more but I've always been like tunnel vision like I was there for hockey like dial in like you know be there for hockey but um yeah no wine but a lot of I will say a lot of pastries like a lot oh is that the big thing pastries too like croissants and the food was actually delicious there. Like there was this bakery right across from the rink, but like a bakery there is more like a lunch restaurant. So they did also have lunch, but then like full display of bakery every day, chocolate croissants, like mini donuts, like anything, all fresh, all delicious. Um, That is one thing I miss about France is like the pastries and the food. Um, but yeah, it was great. It was a good experience. Sign me up. Good. Yeah. Jeez, sign me up. Jeez. I could do that. Yeah, I think just last thing on it. I think if I was there, like as a tourist for like a week or two, I would have a lot more things to say about it that were like really good. But when you're kind of there, like on work, you're not getting that touristy experience that 
um, you know, the people are that come over. So that would be probably why I would say like, it's a little different. I would say if you can go there, go there. Um, everyone who's gone there tells me they love it. So maybe I'm, you know, in the wrong, but maybe down the road, it's go back for a vacation yeah. and not have to be worrying about playing yeah. hockey while you're there and living. It's okay. Yeah. Now let's do the touristy stuff I did. Yeah. I was living there. Yeah. I've yeah. never, also, I've never been to that area of Europe before. It's, it's Germany and North of Germany up into Scandinavia is the only places I've ever visited. So I'm looking forward to getting over there and seeing, my wife keeps telling me we're going to get a Europe trip in here soon. It's oh. going to be the main portion, like your France, Italy yeah. experience. And it's like, that's coming here in the near future. I can't wait to see it. Sweet. Yeah. I would for sure do Paris. Um, you know, all the wine and pastries you can, you can have. If I go, <laughs> if I go back, oh. limited. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right. So then to wrap up, like I said, so then I was say you, you, you kind of hung up the skates, so to speak on the playing end, but now you're out in Canton. And uh, actually a team I played against back in, uh, well, 30 years ago. But I, first off, congratulations. How did that come about? And is that still community college hockey or is it something different now? Nope, it's Division Three. Um, so, yeah. But, no, I mean, it, I don't know. It's hard. I still really kind of think about, like, if I should have stopped playing. You know, I just have so much love for the game and being a coach is – so much different um you know like i really can't stress to you enough like how much i miss playing and I, how much i think about that still but i will also say i love it um i love coaching i love the city believe it or not it's small it like me and my mom joke about how like it's like another hibbing really true <laughs> it feels just like kind of hibbing chismy but again i like that now um, so I love it. Um, I love the guys. I love coaching. It's, it's a lot different, but it's super rewarding. Um, and the head coach here, Alex Boak, I cannot say enough good things about him. He has done everything for me, taken me under his wing, helped me so much financially, um, multiple different ways, anything I need, he takes care of it. Um, so he's been great. He's given me complete control over the forwards and the power play, um, which is probably pretty unheard of for a guy who's never coached before to have that much power. But I respect that. I love it. Um, you know, I don't want to lose it. Our power play scored the uh, Tuesday night in the exhibition. So <laughs> I must be, must be doing something right. But no, I, I truly, I love it a lot. Um, you know, it's it's been far from easy to hang up my skates just knowing that I could still play and you know just that love I have for the game ultimately still um you know but that's why I'm coaching right and why I didn't go get a job in an office or whatever because I'm still around the game I can still make an impact on the game I have so much knowledge and love for the game um still and I want to be able to get it through somehow and right now for me although maybe it's tough this is the way that I, I should do it. Um, in the, and I have so much potential still to be like a coach, whereas playing, I kind of got to that top, if that makes sense. Oh, um, sure. coaching, I have so much of a ceiling who knows where I end up. Um, and like I said, I love it. I love where I live. I love the rink. I love the city. Um, you know, I love the players and ultimately I, I love what I'm doing. 
um, you know, and really in life and not to be too deep, but that's kind of all you can ask for. So I'm just trying to take it a day at a time, recruit, get this team better, help them with what I know, um, you know, and the team really is, I'm impressed. Um, you know, I never heard of it, to be honest. I'm sure you guys probably, well, you have Roger, you said, but, um, I don't think a lot of people from the Midwest West have even heard of the program. Um, you know, it's tucked up here and, um, it's, it's, you know, out East is kind of a different, you know, ball, ball game than Midwest. I, yeah, I never, uh, how many banners they have for community college national champions. Quick story here. This goes back to the days when, you know, the early nineties, right. Mid nineties, right. um, in the national tournaments for the JUCO national tournaments. I'm a junior in high school and my senior or my junior year, we get bumped out in the playoffs and my brother's playing for Itasca and he's playing for Johnny Rostein and the, you know, yeah. the Itasca Vikings Juco hockey team. And they qualify for the national tournament out in, out in uh, Placid. Lake Placid yeah. and mm -hmm. chance to see against Canton and playing in that tournament. And there is a long history of tradition with that program and I, I guess i hadn't heard that it had gone you know division three yeah, i think that's I. it's pretty awesome that it's graduated to yeah. i mean you go ahead and look at the banners and see how far back with national championships and juco juco right. national tournaments but it's pretty Power cool but, yeah but going back to what you were saying um when it comes to the the that's what's going to make you a good coach you know coming from a guy that's been around the game for quite a few years and coached the game for quite a few years is that's what's going to make you a good coach is the passion that that you still have to play the game and you know sometimes it's a challenge to think geez I feel like I could still play uh there's going to be so much more reward to you when it comes to, and you're right at the beginning of it, right? It's, you're at the beginning of your coaching career where you're going to, you probably already have in the beginning of this season started to feel these rewards coming in. That mm. It's going to be nonstop and you're just going to, if you haven't already, you're going to fall in love with being a mentor to, to young people. I'm excited to see where you go with it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I like I yeah, just like you said, I mean, when we scored on that power play, like it was a feeling like I've never had in my life. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was amazing. Like it was different. Um, but like you're kind of getting and feeling credit, but like in a different way, I guess. But I love it. Um, you know, going back to what you said, I think they've only been division three for somewhere between ten and twelve ish years. Yeah. Um, and they never were a part of a conference. Um, but next year we are joining the New York State Conference, SUNYAC it's called. So that's a huge step for uh, our program um, for recruiting and for playoffs, having the playoffs, you know, conference tournaments, stuff like that. I really, truly believe in the program and what Alex and I are trying to build. And I think it's just kind of in the ground stages now that we're going to be in the conference and stuff. So, um, you know, give it time and then those stubborn minnesota people will have heard of it i promise you <laughs> well the good news when it comes to division three hockey is is there's always that stubborn minnesota stubborn midwest and there's the there's always the clash of the east and the midwest i i played at the university of wisconsin superior in the old ncha and the WIAC and the wisconsin league back in the day and it was always there was headbutts. So the stubborn piece, the, it was always like we we're fighting against the East. Like the East is yeah. got 
they've got their own thing out there and it's a yeah. cool and it's yeah cool. i never i never liked the east coast which is kind of funny um like i never liked the east coast i did a couple of college visits out here and i hated it to be quite frank with you <laughs> um, but for some weird reason i love it up here and um we we do like one kind of big trip a year so far at least like for the team yep. and this year it's chicago and i'm trying to get boker alex boke to do uh, a Duluth trip. So we'd come in like a Thursday or whatever, and we'd play Scholastica Friday, Superior Saturday. I'm like begging them to do that. Like, I think it'd be awesome. So we'll see if we do, you guys better be there if we do. Oh, for sure. Well, and I'm still in real close contact with Rich McKenna, who's the head coach at UW Superior. And okay. All right. All the time. So if we get off the phone here to get an opportunity to connect and yeah, connected with those guys even more that'd be pretty cool it's uh the, very some cool. of the best trips i remember making and again it was always a head butt head butt because it was east versus west uh mm -hmm. we made a trip my sophomore year out to elmira and played and that was oh, yeah. uh, that was yeah. tough we we played in the national tournament two times in my career both were out east uh, one was at Norwich. The other one was in at RIT at Rochester Institute. But playing against, we played against Plattsburgh two years in a row. One year, yeah, they're tough. Yeah, and it's they're tough, and it, it's but it was always you go out there, you're gonna line up with Elmira. Elmira. There was a bench clear in 2000 in Superior when Elmira came. Everyone mm. was worried because we were making the return trip out there that there was gonna be issues, and it just turned into yeah. a game with no fights but it yeah. was east versus west man and it was it was a fun rivalry and at the time you hated it but now you yeah. look it's like i love the yeah, experience it. yeah totally yeah. yeah yeah i'd be giddy if we got to come to duluth i would be just giddy i'd be so excited so i'll yeah. try to push them a little bit i know that stuff gets planned early so maybe i can push them and we can get a hold of rich and see what we can do but yeah that'd be so cool yeah Awesome. All right. Anything else? Nope. Well, we appreciate you spending some time. Yeah. And like you said, a great career. And Thank you. most of all, best wishes now that you're uh, Coach Versich. And, yes, sir. Uh, you know, you know, like I said, you guys are just getting going. So best wishes for a great season. And and uh, we'll we'll catch up with you in the summer or maybe in the spring. We'll, we'll lace them up. Christmas. I'll be here for Christmas. Yeah, we'll just throw that kick out there too. That it's always, you know, this is a this is a, a podcast where we get a lot of, of Minnesota around the area that get it in the Twin Cities and the Duluth and Iron Range. But we always really like to plug the Iron Range connection. So yeah. there's a Good. huge, uh, huge uh, with the Versich name and the, the hidden <laughs> connection. So Good. I love it. Out with you. Yeah. Good. I love it. Thank you guys so much for having me. All the best to you guys too. All right. Thanks so much, man. Good luck. Yep. Thank you. Take care. See ya. All right, Cristiano Versace. Thank you so much. Awesome. All right. For a few shout outs here before we wrap this thing up, the NCHC has named their preseason player of the year. Well, I like this. I think, <laughs> I think I know exactly where this is going. I'm not looking at the screen you're looking at, but I'm, but I'm looking at uh, the social media that keeps rolling out and I couldn't agree more of what the NCHA thinks is going to be the preseason player of the year. If they're going to throw uh a, a Grand Rapids alumni at the top of the <laughs> kicker in the NCHA and St. Cloud State player, Mr. Jack Peart, uh, 
Sounds awesome, Purity. I can't wait to see what you're going to do here with your, I believe it's his junior year. Yeah, junior and, year, uh, probably the last year. I well, mean, let's face it. I'm not going to say what he's going to do afterwards because nobody knows uh, whether he's going to continue a, a whole, he's got a whole junior year to worry about that. But uh, who knows? This is the product of a second round draft pick for the Minnesota Wild, and he's going to have a phenomenal year. He's going to be, uh, he's going to be all American. He's going to be all world in my mind. And, uh, and great he'll be in a wild wear. jersey in great April. Wear. He'll be in a wild jersey in April. Uh, well, let's just say we hope we see that soon. And uh, I just say this much: what a what a great hockey player and an even better human. So yeah. keep it up, Jack. We're yeah. proud of you. Congratulations, Jack. And then Cloquet's Jamie Langerbrunner will be inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame December sixth in Boston. So congratulations, guy from our era, of course, and captain of Team USA. Was that in the fourteen Olympics up in? up in uh, no 2010 olympics up in vancouver so um local connection there well this goes back to the early years of watching as a little kid and i'm sitting here watching langenbrenner play in 92 at state tournament yeah. and all of the above just having some some pretty awesome experiences through cloquet high school and then Everybody was bummed when he ended up leaving high school, but you see what happened to him after that win at a couple Stanley Cups. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What a stud. All right. That's it for episode 67. Anything else? Nope. No? Okay. All right. Please comment. We appreciate your comments. Say hello to Cristiano. Um, please share. Of course, sharing is caring. Contact us if you'd like. Goat Sports Media LLC at gmail.com. Hammer the follow button. Find Tea with Miss McGill on Instagram, Spotify, the Musi app, Apple Podcasts, Twitter. It's just T McGill. And you can find us on YouTube and Facebook under Goat Sports Media LLC. Merch in the back, as always, 20 bucks for a t-shirt. Just let us know. Uh, email the email I just gave, goatsportsmedia LLC at gmail.com, or just uh, you can get a hold of Reader read I. Cash App, Venmo, PayPal will take care of all that. Um, and thank you, of course, as always, to the greatest partners on earth, the Rink Sports Bar and Grill, Iron Ranger Apparel and ODR Apparel, Fortune Bay Resort and Casino, Aspire Heating and Control, and Iron Range Goalie Academy. For Reed Larson, I am Puka. Get out there and be your dream. You're tuned to the Tea with Miss McGill show.